This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Good morning, this is Talking Devils, the leading independent Manchester United podcast. I'm your host, Wayne Barton, joined as always by Manchester United legend Paul Parker to talk over a good week for Manchester United, a couple of wins in there, um, which is a rare occurrence indeed for us this season. If you're Well, not this season, in general. <laughs> if you're watching, please like and subscribe on YouTube. If you're watching live on YouTube or Facebook, feel free to get your questions and comments in. And if you're watching the replay, say hello. We do um, still comment uh, to the replies and comments that we get. If you're listening back on the audio platform, please be sure to um, give us a subscription and a review on the platform you're listening on. Paul, I, more than the results this week, and the well, more than the results was the performances that we were looking forward to see in hoping that we'd see and you look at the games and really the one of the big things you're looking at is hoping to get um, a reaction from the derby um, and there were two things to look at really from that the first is that we got the result well three things to look at the first is that we got the results and the somewhat performances the second is that Tenog didn't make big changes he made a few um, and the third is that he has a clear way that he wants to play and he didn't really deviate from that after the uh, Manchester derby he, he sort of doubled down and said I'm still going to try and play this way even if I'm going to uh, mix up the the teams um, so he went ahead as we sort of predicted he would we felt after the derby that it'd be now um, the time for Casemiro to start so really um, it was a big week for the manager and a big one for the players United have won in Cyprus and we'll talk about that in a second and obviously against Everton as well. Um, how, how do you view the week? Do you think it's been a good response after what we saw in the derby? Well, the best the, the response that United needed was to stop the rot, to be honest, really, and get some wins under the belt. The thing, I think, for me anyway, the, what, what I always say, that you always, you always look for a performance. That's what you look for. And to be honest, when you look at performance-wise, it wasn't really that good performances, but it was about getting over the line, and and that's what and that's what mattered. When you when you look at it, you go to Cyprus and you come back with a three-two win. You think, you know that 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 that's not right, really. You know, it, it should be better than that, a lot better than that. And then you go to Goodison, and you get you get a win at Goodison for United since um you have to say since after you know since after Sir Alex, you have to say. That's a great win to go and win at Goodison Park. 
Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah, for sure. Um, we'll, we'll talk about Ammonia then for a second. You said, like, uh, but before we get to that, a couple of comments in the um, thing. John says, good morning. Good morning, lads. Um, ben, we'll come to his comment in a moment. But he says, morning. But he's talking about the Everton game, and we'll get to that in a minute. Um, so Ammonia, uh, Ammonia, sorry, they gave it a good a good account of themselves. You know, they they took the lead. They It was the game of their lives, and they, they played accordingly. United, I, I felt after the break, they did well to execute a professional job. Martial comes on, Rashford comes on. They were both particularly good, both got on the score sheet. I think in that um, respect, like I said, good or impressive would be a stretch, but um, I think probably professional job is the best way to describe what United did in Europe. And that's, I mean, considering what had happened in the derby, yeah, you do want to see a big performance, but considering how, how well Ammonia did play and how, how well they raised themselves for the occasion, coming back with the result is... Um, was paramount, wasn't it, um, for Tenog? He, he couldn't afford a slip up in that one. No, he couldn't. He couldn't afford it. I mean, for himself, and the football club couldn't have done it. To be perfectly honest, I think the football club would have seriously struggled. Fans, he could have sent it to maybe levels that people just don't don't want to go back to. If they hadn't, in fact, game had gone the wrong way after what happened in the um, derby game as well. So, and, and as well, that win was needed, especially going to, in, into that Goodison, game at Goodison Park because everybody was sitting there waiting for United to falter at Goodison yeah. Park as they had done in, in recent seasons, to be honest. They've gone there and they've just been walked all over at Goodison. But they went there this time and they were definitely combated what, was, what they was up against off the field and dealt with it on the field as well because Everton at the moment in time, are just trying to play, get this kind of siege mentality when teams yeah. go there and play. They do really make it, try and make it very, very hostile, which didn't really work, given the way United stood up. It didn't work. No, it, it was flat, wasn't it? I mean, you, you mm. do... I mean, that is the thing about Goodison, and, and you, you're quite right. Um, if I say it's been a graveyard for managers, I don't mean it's literally caused the sacking. I mean, it did with David Moyes, but... I mean, Solskjaer went on record, didn't he? I think I don't know. There's been there's been at least three big beatings that we've taken there, and one under Moyes, which got in the sack. One under Solskjaer, in which he said only a few of these players are going to carry on playing for United. And then um, at the back end of last season, we only lost one, but it felt like it was like three or four because of the way we were so flat. But the they have been in good form recently, and, and you were thinking, all right, we were saying this on the podcast last week. You know, it's a very good test for United because you're going to see, um, you know, Ten Hag had obviously got a good reaction from them before with the Liverpool game and everything that had happened. So are you going to see a reaction this time round? And I felt the atmosphere was quite flat. I don't know if it was because of the um, because of the evening kickoff as well on a Sunday night that, you know, a few people winding down after the weekend, difficult to, to raise yourself for it. But, I mean, you can only be, you can only play the 90 minutes and, I, th- I felt, uh, yeah, all right. The second half wasn't wasn't particularly brilliant, but the first half, I felt we were really confident. We controlled the game. I felt like the the mistake for the goal was kind of like a slip in the sort of passage of play. Because other than that, I thought the first half was really accomplished. It's probably the best that we've played since Ollie's was it not his last away game, but the game at Spurs where we we sort of came out fighting a little bit um, about a year ago after the. You know the Liverpool games. 
it's basically it's one of the most impressive performances on the road in the first half, at least. Um, Casemiro, obviously, he recovers from the error, puts in a decent performances, uh, a decent performance across the game. Not particularly brilliant, but still, he's that was his first start. He's finding his feet, finding his range, finding his position in that midfield with Eriksen and Fernandez around him. I felt he recovered very well from that first. Uh, moment uh, where he did the slip, which I think, you know what I mean, a, a player of that experience, you would expect that, but in the Premier League, you not, never can take it for granted. Um, Martial started well until he got the injury, and then Ronaldo came in and um, did well himself, um, scoring the goal and generally, you know, not looking off the pace or anything. We'll talk about the individuals in a moment, but the performance, Paul, in the first half, it was quite accomplished. One of the things that we've looked at over this United, over this sort of last year or or two even, because before we were praising it, is that this team seems to have a really good sense of, or the squad seems to have a really good sense of resilience within it. You know, they didn't always have to wait until half-time to get a rocket, you know what I mean? They, they could pull themselves together and do that. Over the last year, of course, we've seen a massive drop-off in that, and, we, you know, you've questioned, not you, but in general, people have questioned the, the players' sort of resilience and the character. So to come back from the early setback yesterday take complete control and secure the points in the comeback before half time. Um it was an impressive show from the players, wasn't it? It was. Without a doubt. The the hardest thing now is for these players is that they've got to go and do it again. Yeah. You know, the next game is I always say this, but I think it's a fact the next game is it's just as important as, as the last one, to be perfectly honest. Because they have to go and, get, you know, when they go to a place where they found it difficult over the last few seasons and they get three points, there's no point wasting that by going into your next game and go and deliver another poor performance with a bad result. Mm. It doesn't doesn't make any sense. If you can stand up and be brave enough to go and play at Goodison and give a resilient performance like that, you've got to follow it up with something decent as well. And you have to remember up against uh, the next game, Premier League game, I should say, is up against, in theory, the draw specialist at the moment, Newcastle. Yeah. You know, they get results. Yeah. And they're on a massive high. They they will see themselves coming to Old Trafford and being on the same level as Manchester yeah, United. That's how... That's that, go on, sorry, Mike. Yeah, they've only yeah. lost once this season as well. So, yeah, yeah. you're right. Yeah. They're, they're definitely draw, the draw specialists at the moment. Yeah, and so therefore see themselves being in being as big as United. That's how Newcastle see themselves now. They've got all this money behind them and been able to compete. So the the thing they have to and the atmosphere will be will be very very big because the Geordies will make a lot of noise. Yeah. So um, as I can remember from my times of playing against Newcastle throughout my career and definitely at Old Trafford as well. So um. So that's what. So it's it's quite good, really, in that sense that they've got another big game to go into. And on this yeah. side of it, not everyone's suddenly going to be sitting there expecting United to win this game. Everyone will believe, and I think they're right, that it's going to be a very very tight game. Yeah. Um, so let's get into the individual performances. Casemiro, his first start in the in the league at least, and yeah, easy. It's easy to say an error led to the goal. But, um, I mean, players lose possession all the time and you've got to credit Iwobi because it was a fantastic shot. Do you know what I mean? You can't just say he just gave away a goal because he still had a lot of work to do. Um, ben says in the comments, uh, Morning, gents. Nice to see Casemiro start. Strikes me that one 
the more he plays, the better he'll be. And two, the pass for the goal. I'd not see McTominay making that pass. I mean, that's a, a fair a fair call. What did you make of Casemiro? A little bit of a mixed bag, but um, <coughs> when, when you're looking at a player of that stature finding his feet in, in the, the midfield, you talk, you're talking about a player who's played alongside Cruz and Modric for sort of the better part of a decade. So he, he's use of like knowing economy of possession is quite different. I mean Ericsson's similar but Fernandez is not so he's he's still finding his sort of feet in that kind of area. At BT Sport gave him the man of the match. I felt that was a little bit generous, but what did you, you make of his performance? I thought his performance was given where he had to had to had to go and start and play at Goodison and everything else around him. The fact of where the team were at that given time after the what happened in the Manchester derby and and in Europe the performance there I would say that he done he done well and I think he could he can only in theory get better and what he does once the players all get used to the way he is yeah. and the way he plays he he will definitely he's added he will add something a little bit better more rounded rounded in that in that midfield something that's kind of been missing somebody's who's going to be economical with the ball he's not going to go and do outstanding things, but he'll do stuff. He'll make the simple stuff look look incredible, because yeah. people go wow. Because he'll because he'll just do it simple. He won't he won't try and be rolling his foot over the ball and looking lefts and rights and one touch, two touch, maybe three at the most, and it's done. It's delivered. A bit like yeah. Martinez in the back line. He gets the ball, doesn't play many more than three touches, and we and within maybe that second or third touch. He's, he's bypass he's bypass the front line and knocked the ball through the midfield. Yeah. You know, he, yeah. sort of, so he will get the play moving quicker when it's right and it will slow it down when it's when it's not needed to the game to be quick. More so if United are in control of the game, i.e. they're winning it, he will try and make the team better at keeping the ball. That's what he'll do. And somebody like that, and you've got Ericsson and you've got Ericsson as well, is that Someone like Fernandez will have to understand that, and it might get him learning a little bit because they'll be on to him if he's not keeping the ball and he's he's thrashing the ball all over the place, trying his Hollywood passes. They will try; they'll have to pull him into shape. If they don't pull him into shape, then I think he's the one who's going to feel it because, as we've seen already, the teams that compete in this league, the teams that are doing well, keep the ball away. They keep the ball in midfield. Yes, they do give it away. But they don't give it away as quickly as what Manchester United do. If you look at the, the top sides, or what they call them in the Premier League, United are the most wasteful in midfield yeah. compared to the rest of them. Brighton, Brighton are up there with the big boys. Yeah. So, um, so it does tell you it does tell you that they need someone like Casemiro in there who's brave enough to keep the ball. And what you will find as well with those kind of players is that other players respect them. So he'll learn the right to get more time on the ball because players will be will be scared to go near him because of his ability with keeping the ball and playing the game while he's got the ball. If someone puts their foot in the wrong area and he can see he's got nowhere to go, he will fall over. Yeah. But what it is is that when he does get the ball, teams know that if they don't can't close him down quickly, they'll be worried about where he's going to pass. So straight away, they'll look at their positions and he'll get that bit more time on the ball. That's called respect. That's what that's what top that's what top players get. Um, possession with purpose, isn't it? That's what you see. Yeah. With, with the players that they've they've brought in, Ericsson, Martinez, and Casemiro, it's always looking about progressing the, the play. And 
and moving United further up the pitch, which I mean, seems like you've said, seems like a simple thing to do. And these players are very good at doing it in a simple way, but um, not always the case that that, that is um, in effect. Um, some of the fringe players, Paul, you know, they've been called in to do well. Shaw's been recalled into the team um, because Molasses had a rough couple of weeks and Shaw looks fit. It looks, um, I mean, the, the thing is with Shaw is that. You give him a, a significant threat to his place in the team, and then you see the best out of him, which you know it's it's not ideal for <laughs> for a player at United that you get that. But that's the Luke show that we've got at the moment. Lindelof came in, and you know it was a physical kind of game, the kind of game that I've seen him bullied in in the past. And there were a couple of question marks when Rondon and Calvert Lewin came on, but you know he passed the test. Martial looks all right in the side. Dallo, big question marks over him because of what happened to him in the derby, but he sort of stepped up in and sort of proven himself in the last couple of games. What do you make of these players? See, these are all players that we can fairly say. Martial, maybe not so much, but Shaw, Lindelof and Dallo, um, you would look at them and say, all right, they're probably not going to be in a team, well, they won't be in a team, a United team, first team that wins the title because their history has told us that, but they could all be capable squad players. And... Well, they're stepping up and stepping into the team and doing the job at the moment. Um, what do you make of their performances over the last couple of weeks? I look at Dallo and Dallo had a good spell then. I think he's been found wanting. He got a little bit, a bit like um, Malacca in the Arsenal game. He got found wanting up against um, Martinez. He's, is it Martinez? Martinez, isn't it, on the left-hand side? Yeah. Is it for Arsenal? So he, he got found wanting a little bit with him. And we always talk about him. He's too. He gets. He gets too wound up about having to win the ball. He's got no patience. So I always wonder: has he has he always been a defender, or has he become a defender? Because he's too yeah. impetuous in what he wants to do. I look at um, Lindelof. I thought Lindelof done well. He's done really well when he's coming. Been very composed, not erratic, not erratic. Yeah. And when I say that, I'll ask a question. Why was he so erratic before? But yet he yeah. wasn't. He hasn't been erratic next to Martinez. Yeah. I want. No, I yeah. want. I want. I want deliver the answer on that one. But there you are. Take a guess. Um, I look at Luke Shaw. Luke Shaw was solid. Um, still has issues with what, blocking people when he doesn't want to run. But he was definitely better. And as you said, leading leading up to Luke Shaw, is that Luke Shaw does well when it matters for him to do well. The problem is, is when he thinks he's made it, he's cut it, that's when he starts getting sloppy and lazy. And you can even see it in his appearance, gets sloppy and lazy as well in the way he looks. You looked at him yesterday and he looked a lot smarter going onto the field than what he has done for quite a while, even though he still needs to pull his socks up properly. But I just think his appearance sums him up sometimes and what he is as a player, scruffy and a little bit lazy. Now, I didn't see that. Now, his biggest problem is consistency and keeping himself right and doing a job. Now, I don't know whether or not Ten Hag has made his mind up about his left back yet. Or, you know, he suddenly might realise that Malacca that maybe not, may not have been the right place for him, given what they're like, the Everton crowd, and how close it is. But we'll only, we'll only find out next, we'll only find out next weekend. Yeah. What, what, what's going to happen there, really, to find out whether or not he's made his mind up and what he's going to start with in in, a, in another big game for Manchester United. 
Um, Anthony, three games in the league, three goals. Um, beautifully taken goal again, um, as it was in the derby and as it was against Arsenal. He's got that, um, I mean, it's the trick. Everyone's saying it's a one trick, but I mean, it, it's pretty good if it works every game. Opens the body up and, and finishes. I mean, look, let's be, let's be right about it. Arsenal at home, City away, Everton away. The three fairly big environments to come in and play those games. So to, to score with that kind of composure is um, very impressive, isn't it? Yeah, it, it has been impressive for him. I'm still a little bit <clears throat> in the sense of, I, I just want to see a little bit more, Wayne. I know goals, goals make a difference. Goals can cover over any cracks in someone's game. They cover, as we've seen, We've seen with Marcus Rashford in that sense, but <clears throat> I just look at it and I just want to see that bit bit more of him. I, I really want to see him go out and take someone on and go past them. Yeah. I want to see someone I wanna see a I wanna see a Ryan Giggs. Yeah. Go at somebody and pin them down and take them on. You know, that's that's the bit I think um I think Skullsy was alluding to it. He'd done an interview which I read the other day and he, he said it and I think that's what he's alluding to. And I think Skulls is speaking as, you know, the way he is and about how much, you know, everything about how he feels United. And that's the bit he sees United wide players going past people. Yeah. Not now and again, wanting to go past people. And after a while, then you start maybe coming inside and maybe just playing in front of them. And then when they get close again, <clears throat> then you then you go and then you go at them and pin them down. Yeah. And um I think that's what Scolzi was alluding to when he was saying it. And we look at the moment, United haven't got that from any of their wide players. There was a reason why Sancho wasn't playing, didn't start. Because, yeah. you know, he doesn't go past people. He doesn't run without the ball beyond people to get to try and get on the end of the ball. And that's the bit I really want to see, see United do. They don't, they don't do that in wide areas. They don't get in behind teams or threaten to get in behind. So that's yeah. something that's still missing, which... There's always been something about it, you know. You, I mean, you know more than what I do, Wayne. You, you know, you can talk about United all day long through, through, through the years and the players who played in wide areas and what they've what they've gone and done. And at the moment, that's the that's one bit that's really missing at this moment. And I think other teams may be in a similar position, finding those wide players. But I think it's something to do with football at the moment in the academies. You know, I, I don't. I'm just wondering in academies now, are they have they stopped players taking players on round the outside, and virtually saying step inside and keep trying to curl it all the time, which is great when it comes off, <clears throat> but it's frustrating if you're a centre forward and you want the ball crossed yeah, from yeah. Out, from from the outside. Cause there's nothing better than someone getting behind the back four, actually behind them and crossing. So centre force and come in and go bang and attack it, yeah. rather than the rather than the ball swinging inwards and you don't know whether or not it's a cross or a shot. And I don't know. Maybe I just need to have a look at Anthony as a player and see how he played. What was he doing when he was an Ajax player? That yeah, maybe... well, he, he was doing the same things. You know, played from the right. Um, obviously, the defences are weaker, so he can have a little bit more joy with the tricks and. Uh, there, there was a little period in, in yesterday's game at Everton where he, he played on the left. Just, I think it was after the first goal, he, he sort of moved over there for a little bit. And 
you know, you wondered if you might see him sort of like try and do that, you know, like run mm. down the line and, and everything. It's funny you mentioned that it was kind of like the route for the goal, wasn't it? That Casemiro plays in Ronaldo, he's in front of the defence. This is the difference with Ronaldo is that he's come, even if he's not the best anymore, he's still confident running with the ball in front of a defender. Do you know what I mean? He doesn't necessarily have to get behind him. He's confident in his own ability to do that. And that's what resulted in the goal. Um, a little bit of history because it's his 700th career goal. That's like the four or fifth landmark moment we've seen in the year um, since we've re-signed him. Um, what do you make of it? Obviously, I had a troubled night on Thursday, Paul, but um, if you've got a Ronaldo who's feeling confident, maybe he's got the, the thing off his back now. Do you know what I mean? I, I, he needed to score that 700th and you might see him sort of a little bit more relaxed. Um, I, I thought he did well yesterday. Martial, obviously a very different kind of player. Martial looked like he was um, starting quite well. Um, and then he came off. Ronaldo offers a different kind of threat, but I thought he played well when he not just the goal. I thought he, he sort of contributed well to the overall um, game. What did you make on Ronaldo's goal um, and his overall performance? Well, the goal, you know, the goal was the goal was decent. But a good thing, and for everybody, is that now he scored it. Then maybe now the players won't feel so obliged that they got to worry about him scoring his goal because. It's not really what I thought football was, football was all about because if I wanted to be involved with an, an individual sport, I wouldn't be playing football. Yeah. Football is about a team, about a team winning, not one person getting, you know, scoring a goal to to break a record or create a record or to get to, you know, get to a number that, you know, has got two zeros at the end. You know, yeah. I think it should be better than that. And I think they got caught up in that when they was in Greece. Greece, sorry, yeah. in Cyprus, they got caught yeah. up. And they got caught up in that, and it, it shouldn't be that way. And him, with his experience, should never have allowed it to get that way. But that tells you that there is the players feel or felt obliged to get it there, and that tells you maybe what what's it what it's like being around Ronaldo at the training ground and everywhere around because of that aura he's got about him, and they mostly felt that they better deliver that to maybe make things easier, which is a concern to be perfectly honest, and he's done well. Does he start the next game? I think we have to say yes, because again, Martial will be injured. Yeah. Will he start against Newcastle? I think we have to say yes, because Martial will not play on Thursday. You know, Martial, I don't know how how that injury is, but I don't know. I wonder how strong, you know, his, his pain threshold is, Martial. You know, does he want yeah. to play? Does he want to play? Does he want to be a hundred percent fit? Because if he wants to be a a hundred percent fit, then he's just got to stop playing now, and maybe do it do a little bit during the summer, not too much, because he could get injured, and maybe he'll start next season. <laughs> that's that's how it's going to be. I'm mean, I just yeah. I'm just not, I'm just not understanding this, especially when he just come back. You just want someone to say, I'm going to have a go here and prove a point. Yeah. And so unless he, unless he went off with his leg his leg hanging because it is broken, I really I really can't see it. Some people might feel well that's out of all he could be injured, but you know I know that majority of players during my, they felt something, especially when they've been out a while and they feel they want to be involved again and they they want to prove a point, they would play through it and you know worry about the repercussions after. 
You're yeah. never going to get that from Martial and maybe a lot of the modern day footballers. Yeah, um, Ben says, delighted that you mentioned about wingers. Um, we really need someone willing to go past the fullbacks and cross Garnacho. I mean, the th it was just Garnacho. That wasn't me suggesting that, um, but I don't necessarily disagree with it. Garnacho, Paul, um, you're going to probably presume he's going to get um, time in Europe, especially the next couple of games at home, depending on how United navigate those. Garnacho should get some minutes, you would think. Um, to at least test him and give him actually give him some game time in the first team because that's how you establish how confident a player's composure is at that level. Um, and he does offer something different, he does offer that ability to sort of like you know the directness to get past a, a fullback. Um, do you think that it would be a good time to play him, or do you think that you know with the the sort of options that we've got, the likes of Alanga, that it might be you're still better off giving those players minutes uh, with the no, strength. no, I don't. I think you, I think you, um, I think you've got to give him a go. You have to give him a go, and when he has come on, you've seen that that drive about him. That's something that I think is missing. There's no great drive, and the way he wants to go past somebody. Yes, he's gonna, he's gonna get tackled. But he wants to do it. He wants to keep going. He's clever enough to know that once he's done that, he's driven the fullback back. He knows then he can drop off and he'll have space in front of him because the fullback doesn't want to keep run, keep wanting to make tackles all the time. He doesn't. He doesn't want. He's worried about the ball in behind for him to run, and he's worried about him dribbling, and that creates space. Then, someone people always ask me when I play, who is the toughest? Who's the toughest winger you come against? And I always say. When I went to United, I, I become a, a fullback again after after my Fulham days. Yeah. After my Fulham days, the first time I become a fullback again was when I was playing for Manchester United. Prior to that, it was only when I played for England or yeah. little bits in there. And I always keep saying I never never because there was always more concerned about defending Andre from the front and helping out their fullback. And I don't know when it was. It must have been last night or the night before. I was just I was in bed. I don't know why I woke up and heads going. I suddenly thought to myself, there was a winger that drove me absolutely mad. Every time I played against him, he used to frustrate me all the time because I couldn't get close enough to him when 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 team when the opposition had the ball because his positional sense. And that was um Rick Holden. Yeah. Yeah. Rick Holden at Oldham. Yeah. I absolutely this went those couple of years and I'd never come across Rick before. I think I come up against him at City. I remember him at City and I don't know if I was in a QPR, but I don't know if I was a QPR player then, but then I wouldn't have been anywhere near because I'd been in the middle. But at United, I come up against him, what, three, four, five times? Yeah. And every single time, all he'd done, it was a bit like a John Robinson, as the saying used to be, get, saying used to be, get chalk on your heels. Rick Holden just stood in that left touch line Ball's on the other side of the field. I could always see him there. I didn't want him to get the ball. Didn't want it. But there's no way I could actually get across and stop him getting the ball free. And what he'd done, he wasn't the quickest, but he had these long, long rangey running. And he used to run, stop, run, stop. But he had this art of being able to cross a ball from being in front of me. From being there, he could cross a ball in route. He could. Have, so you had to go even closer. Yeah. And he's as a as a 
for me, at the time as a fullback, he would be mostly, I'd remember Mark, because he was, you know, it wasn't because he was quick and he could, he could run beyond me or he was tricky and he was doing Ronaldo tricks. It was just because he consistently wanted to run in behind. And it used to do my, used to do my head in because I knew that if he did get in behind me too, too often, Steve Bruce would be saying a few things to me. And even yeah. the goalkeeper, you know, you know, you always expected him to say something. But, and that, that's what I'm, it's just that consistency of wanting. And it used to do my head in. And I thought yeah. I was okay and about never had to really worry about too many getting behind me. And it, and it worries, it worries fullbacks when they've got a player who's going to threaten them. Now, if I'm marking Sancho, I would turn and say, it's all right, he's going to do a trick, but he's always going to step back. He's never going to try and get around a touchline unless I really exaggerate leaving it open. Yeah. Not many, not many are going to gamble on that because that's when you could give away corners, maybe give away a penalty, or maybe give away the opportunity to pull a ball back for someone incoming. So I always, I think it. If you've got someone a young lad who's hungry, and you've got to remember again, I'm going to say his name. Ryan was 17 when he came in, weren't he? When he made yeah. his debut, was that right at Everton? Yeah. So I just seventeen. I just got. I'd say you've got to play. They're young. They're hungry, and United have been fortunate. They've had a, a Ryan Giggs at seventeen come in. They went and got a Wayne Rooney at a young age as well, who come in and done really well. Age doesn't mean anything. It's about how much you want. How much you want to prove a point. And if you want to prove a point up against a twenty-five, a thirty-year-old, a thirty-five-year-old fullback by trying to go past them. You want to play like that in your team. Yeah. And to be honest, Ten Hag, his time at Ajax has been bringing in young players. Surely. Yeah. That's what I, yeah. So it makes sense to me. I think Elanga had that opportunity and I thought he took it. When he took his foot off the gas and then he started watching some of the bad pros and what they do. And he felt that was a way of him stepping forward and becoming, of getting involved. And he got it completely wrong. Got it completely wrong. Instead of doing what when Rangnick brought him in and doing what he'd done from day from, from that moment when he got that first opportunity, he stopped doing that. And why do why do footballers, when they're doing something really good, the right thing, why do they think I'm getting bored doing that? I'm gonna go and try something else. Yeah, it's it's a strange one. <coughs> Excuse me, Garnacho's a really good case in point, looking at the two games, the the European games that we've got coming up because Obviously, Thursday, Sunday, Thursday, Sunday. These games, um, they they change the way that Tenog is going to be looking at his squad selection. My guess this week, Paul, it would be that he's going to take the Thursday game quite seriously and not make that many changes, but then ring the changes in the second half. Hopefully, with the game taken care of, and then next week's game might be the opposite. Do you know where he starts with a weaker side and, and brings on like you know the senior players? I mean, obviously, that's the, the point is being made because United have got a lot of games coming up, and the the game at the weekend is Newcastle, and the game after that is at Chelsea. And you wonder if that's the kind of you know I think you've talked to me about it before. Like, yes, you do look at the game in front, but United are always looking squad selection. They're looking two or three games in advance. You know, they're looking at managing the squad in the best kind of way. So, do you think that that's how they'll look at that, or do you think that they'll look at Ammonia? They'll think. They gave as good as they were going to give next uh, last weekend, uh, last week, last Thursday. 
that they gave the best shot. We know what to expect against them. We're not going to be surprised this time around, so we could possibly afford to rotate a little and, and make some of those changes, like maybe put Garnacho in from the start. I think you can definitely start with a young lad like that in a game like that. I think you can you can make that change with that one. I don't think United are in a good enough position to go and make too many changes at the start of anything. like that. They can't go and make three or four changes and go and do that. I just don't really don't think they, they can at the moment. They're not in a good position to go and do that. And that could end up blowing up in their face again. And the game could be made, could become more challenging than what it should be if yeah. they were to go and do that. I could see with a, and we have to say in the wide areas, Anthony's come in and he's producing. I mean, say that players who have played in the, in the wide position before Anthony arrived have not had any consistency in their game at all. There's been nothing productive coming on a regular basis, not even not an even on an interim basis, really. There's been nothing really there. So I would I would turn around and say, if you're gonna make give him a give give him a run out there in on in a wide area and see what he can produce, playing at Old Trafford in front of seventy odd thousand, but um the way in for the um for the visitors will be packed, because yeah. as you know, you know, <laughs> The Cypriots idolise Manchester United. They yeah. absolutely love Manchester So as much as a lot of them will be coming over and supporting their team, they're still going to love Manchester United. Neil Le- That's one thing Neil Lennon can't control. He can't control the crowd. And he knows their fans are all Manchester United fans, majority of them. So it's going to be a great occasion for, to bring him in there, but on his own and not too many others around him. Because sometimes you can bring too many players who, who need to make a mark and all of a sudden, they're all playing with each other, and there isn't enough around them to help them through the game. Yeah. So I just, so I think at the moment that United can't carry, can't carry too many players, big players in there at the moment. As as you mentioned, with the opportunity for five substitutions now, which I still think is wrong. I think I think you can use use that to go and make to make those changes. You know, just to just to then to take off the players who when the job's done to yeah. go and do that. That's my better way of doing it rather than all of a sudden you've got to throw players on to save you and all you're doing from those players you're worried about and getting injured and tired, as, as I, I hate using that word, um, you end up, those players having to come on the field and chase even harder and work even harder and that's where you get your injuries because they'd be forced into maybe making challenges or pushing themselves into areas and making challenges what they they shouldn't really be making because they've virtually been told to go on and save the game. Yeah, um, I, yeah, I tend to agree um, that you would that United aren't in a position to do that anyway. They they need to well, I say close the game off. They need to get control of the game before they um, before they start um, taking them for granted for sure. Um, then after that, it's going to be Newcastle home. Like you said, they've. It's been a weird start to their season, Paul. They obviously made a few signings. They've tried to sort of play cute with FFP and everything, so they're not building too extravagantly. They brought in Isaac for a lot of money. Trippier has been a good signing for them. Eddie Howe has done all right for them. They've had one defeat all season. That was very unfortunate at Anfield as well because they lost deep into injury time. They went toe-to-toe with City and Drew 3-3. They now look to be finding their feet. Fulham away, they got very lucky with the early red card, which set the tone for the game, which mean you know, it gave them a platform to win 4-1. They've taken that confidence and they won 5-1 against Brentford at home. 
and sometimes you know when you've been drawing a lot of games when when you've been having that kind of consistency is like what's the next result is it going to be a win that does that determine the mood does the does a defeat determine the mood you know is it a good run of draws or a bad run of draws and it looks like it's been a good run they they look full of confidence they're going to come to old trafford like you said thinking that they're I'm going to do what Man City have done in the last few years and they're going to be the next big thing. They're going to be bigger than United. So they're going to be full of confidence uh, and it makes it another massive test for Ten Hag and a good test really considering we've just played City and we've just played Everton and we've come through these tests. These are all good tests for him to face at the moment, aren't they? Yeah, they are. They are. And I'm, sh- I'm sure in certain ways he's quite enjo- enjoying it because he's never been tested like this as manager of Ajax. Yeah. Not at all. He's, got, he's getting all different brands of football thrown at him as well, which which you find in the Dutch league, everything's very similar because it's all geared towards their national team, yeah. the way they do set up or the way they want to deliver their football. So it's a test. I think the, the fans, I think he's seen the fan side of things. He, everything's different to what he's used to. So he will look forward to, you know, look forward to this. And he just knows at the back of it, he goes and gets a result and a performance in this game, then that's a that's taken a step forward because I think I think most United fans know that that you know that City are far away, <clears throat> too far away at this moment in time. At the yeah. moment, we have to look at the league and go, you know, the league's there, <laughs> but who's going to finish second? And not a great thing to come out and say when you talk about your your you know your major domestic league, but it's a fact. So you have to fight for that second spot and you have to be the the best of the rest and you have to be better than better, the second best of the rest by, by, by a big way to really prove a point that you're going forward. Yeah. So it gets, so it pushes everything on and maybe for them upstairs to understand that this is what he's got. And he needs resources at the right time. Not, not, not at the end, not at the end of the day, at the start of the day. So he can yeah. go there because the point's been proven. You've got everyone sitting there chomping at the bit who might want to come and get involved because they can maybe just feel something's happening with the club again, and and that's what he's got and that's what he's got to aim for. Really, we've seen it already. <laughs> what's happening? What's happening in football with owners? We've seen issues with other clubs. We've seen all of a sudden Liverpool who didn't who, who didn't go down the Sir Alex way of doing things. Um, because I think they've struggled a little bit on the finance side. That's made a difference in a way. They they can manage manage what's on the pitch, but they haven't gone and bought within. They haven't tried to build. He hasn't gone and tried to build a team while he's got a team that's doing well. Yeah. And now it's been kind of found out in a certain way. It's been seen now with injuries and the way the players players some players have digressed over a certain amount of time. So at the moment, United, as much as that was horrible that city result in when you have to look at it you have to put that to bed and you have to accept that i mean it isn't nice when you're talking about the people just four or five miles away but um it's, it's a fact and it can't compete at the moment with them cannot yeah. cannot compete yeah no it's, I, i've said i was on a different podcast yesterday i said exactly the same kind of thing you've got to look at that and you can't say it's a good thing that we lost 6-3 and we were 6-1 down at one point and at one point it looked like it might be worse than that. You can't um, pretend that it didn't happen and you've got to use it as... But I'm not necessarily saying a yardstick because then you might say that that's an unreasonable um, 
level to aim at with the resources that other clubs have got. But at the same time, it was a reminder of how far away United are. Even though they've done well under Ten Hag, I think that he's doing a good job so far. There is still a reminder of the distance between them, and it's still a reminder that it's a work in progress, and the squad is still a composite of different parts, and the manager is working to get the best sort of solution from that. Um, I I do want to talk about not not this week, but in, maybe in a couple of weeks after Chelsea, it'd be a good idea to sort of have a, a sort of ten minute section on the podcast where we talk about how, how well Ten Hag's done done so far. You know, after we've seen a, a longer reaction to the City game, and we can see another big game against Chelsea and see see how we've um, fared at that point. But we will be here next week to talk about the uh, European game against Ammonia and the uh, visit of Newcastle to sort of see. Way United are at the moment in, in those games as well. Um, if you've enjoyed the podcast, please give it a like and subscribe on YouTube. Really appreciate that. It really helps us out and share it, share the video as well. Um, that would really help us out. If you've enjoyed, give us a comment and we'll you know we'll get back to you on on the comment section. And if you've enjoyed listening back on the audio podcast, please be sure to give a subscription and a review on the platform you're listening on. We'll be back next week, guys. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching and take care. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.